Welcome to the Get Realisms podcast. Uh, I am Adam Chase Rennie. Uh, you aren't seeing Christine right now. She is currently working, uh, doing her thing. She's making movie magic, uh, you know, being the first AD. She's about to direct her uh, her, her next feature. Um, so we're going to be taking this podcast live uh, out there. And... Um, yeah, I uh, have to get on the show to let you guys know that I messed up and I uh, had a hardware failure and I didn't record this episode. Yikes. My one job, I was supposed to uh, make sure that we are running smoothly and recording at all times. I forgot to record. Um I mean, I didn't forget to record. I did record, but I didn't bother to look at the fact that it filled up my hard drive and it just stopped recording. So uh, it's basically unusable. And um, we had a few audio issues anyways, but if you guys really want to watch the episode, I'm going to give a brief... um, I'm going to give a brief summary of the episode. Uh, in case you guys felt like you were missing out or something and you're just listening to the audio portion, you're like, wait, what? You guys don't have the episode? We do have the episode. It's on Facebook Live. So if you go on our Facebook at Get Realisms or our Instagram, which is uh, CChenMTF or um, Get Realisms on Instagram. Um, We we have it there. Uh, I think the best way to watch it is through Facebook. But it's neither here nor there. I do apologize for that, you guys. Um, We did talk about how we're going to be wrapping this uh, shelter in place here pretty soon. We're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to do any more episodes in terms of the shelter in place. I think starting next week, I'm not entirely sure, but, um, we want to uh, start documenting the process of Christine's next feature. Ursley. I think that's what uh, she, she called it. Um, Yeah. So we're going to be, she's starting the pre-production in that. And uh, we talked about a little bit about, um, you know, her time in, uh, and uh, on the sets and stuff like that. And we talked about the importance of communication and how um, Christine is usually getting the shit end of the stick when it comes to over-communication. And I just always felt like that was a um, kind of a bullshit thing because I grew up, uh, and I mentioned this in the in the episode. So if you guys don't want me to give a summary of the episode, you're just like, I need to stop hearing this kid fucking talk. Go on Facebook and uh, watch the show there. It's episode 39. Um, but if you want to stick around, I'm going to be giving a little bit of a summary. We're just going to do it for probably 10 minutes and then, um, yeah, go on our merry way from there. <laughs> Um, probably just a few more minutes because I don't want to, um, you know, take too much of this time. Uh, especially if you guys do go on Facebook, please give us a follow, please give us a, uh, a like if you will. And, um, go to Moth to Flame Films on YouTube. You'll find a lot of, uh, our old podcast there as well. 
but you know, that's neither here nor there. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. So anyways, we were talking about over communication and, uh, our, our way of going about things in Moth to Flame Studios is, uh, is how we, how I used to operate when I used work retail. And that is communication is everything. If you don't communicate, then something, something's going to get lost. And the one thing I do do and Christine does is over communicate. And whether or not that's uh, a hindrance in how we are as human beings, um, it isn't a perfect thing. I don't necessarily like to, um, you know, uh, not keep everybody in the loop because it's hard. It's really hard, especially when I worked retail as a manager. I, I never had the luxury of just doing things all on my own, you know, you you have you are you are struck with so many tasks that you have to do you have to trust and rely on other people to do some of the things for you and you can't rely on people if they don't know what they're doing either so that's where i come in and i just over communicate i just keep going and i don't stop and there's plenty of people who just want me to shut up just like how i do this with the podcast you know I, uh, I just don't shut the fuck up. Um, so I, I do think that uh, the process of communication is um, kind of a delicate thing because, uh, you know, there's so many people who just cannot stand over communication. Repeating yourself in general is a sure sign of uh, insanity, which I understand. You know, it, I'm not saying that, you know, somebody's going to, I'm there right next to somebody's ear constantly uh, blaring, you know, talking about, you know, keep constantly reminding them, you know, like a parrot or something. You know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily like doing that, but I like, I like going, going over it again. I like going over things again because sometimes it's just a reminder for me. I don't remember shit for shit. <laughs> I need to write things down. I need reminders. I need, um, and I also need communication, you know? And it's not the fact that, like, I can't remember anything. I do. It's just, there's so many times, especially working on a film set, A, you're losing a lot of sleep. So you're working 12, 14, 15 hour days. That's your entire day just shot. And then you're spending the rest of the time just sleeping, you know, and you can only sleep for a certain amount of time because you got to go right back up the next day or next morning to, uh, to get back on set. It's crazy. So you have to, um, so uh, anyways, I, I, I always have the, uh, conscience to always remind myself to do certain number of things. But when you're on a film set, it's really hard to remember every single little thing. That's why you work as a team. And it feels like uh, a lot of times people don't quite understand because there's a lot of people who just rather work solo. There's a lot of people who are just like, yeah, fuck this. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with, you know, uh, working with somebody because then I have to, you know, I get it. 
But at the same time, you, there's really not much you can do. Because starting off as a manager working retail, all I did was uh, do things by myself. You know, I'm like, oh, I'll just take care of it. I'll just take care of it. I'll just take care of it. You know, because it's so much easier than to just go to somebody else and just be like, hey, I, I need to ask you a favor, you know, or can you do this for me? It's really hard for me to do that. It's hard to ask for help, but you are stuck with no choice. And furthermore, you the the amount of help that you want to give, you don't you don't want it you don't you don't want to come off as like you know, um overbearing. And that's how I am too. You know, I'm always ready to help, always wanting to help. Uh, but, you know, some people just don't want the help. I think communication is sort of the same thing. If you don't want it, if you don't want my communication, then don't listen. That's on you. And the fact that people don't necessarily understand why first assistant directors and second assistant directors uh, over-communicate, at least the good ones that I've worked with, I've, I've definitely gotten, you know, a fair amount of, like, repetition just in terms of, like, where are we going in the schedule and how long and what scene are we doing and what's the next scene and, and all sorts of shit. Because the reason why the communication is there is to make the workflow that much easier. So if you constantly have to jam communication into that workflow to make sure it's flowing, you might as well. Because if you don't, things are just going to get jammed up. People are going to start blaming each other. And then you're going to look like an asshole at the end of the day. You're not, you're not communicating. You're not talking. So they're just going to run rampant and wild doing, doing their own fucking thing. Not everybody can be perfect. And especially not everybody can, you know, understand that overcommunication is sort of sort of a thing. And I'm not saying that every single filmmaker should overcommunicate. And that's not what we're saying in this episode either, but it is basically essential to have that safety net of of uh, a well-balanced team to keep each other in check, make sure that we're all on the same page. It's a relationship. You're building a relationship with all these people. And it's hard to let that shit go. And I don't, I really don't understand why somebody in any industry, by the way, I'm not just saying the film industry, any industry, retail, service, any of that, the reason why you don't over-communicate is it has to be a personal problem. And I, I just, I don't, I don't, I do understand why it's annoying though. And we talked about it in the episode. I do understand why over-communication can be annoying, especially if you're just bothering them for the sake of bothering them. It, that does get annoying. Truly, it does. But sometimes you got to hit the nail over the head with these people. I mean, give me a break. And sometimes I got blamed for not communicating enough, even though I feel like all I do is over-communicate. 
You see the difference? There's so many ways in how humans approach things. Not every single human being has this incredible level of balance on every single medium. And if that's you, if you just have that known balance, you're just like a you're just like a um a, a natural monk, then God bless you, you know, and take care because I, <laughs> it's really hard for me, very hard for me. Things aren't just going to be slipped, you know, through my radar and stuff like that, and and I do forget. That's a that's a that's a one thing I do do is that I forget, you know. I don't remember. Oh, we also talked about uh, not remembering everyone's names and stuff like that. It's really hard to remember every single person's name, you know? And that's why I always hate it when people get offended when I say the wrong name. I never in my entire life have ever gotten offended by someone calling me another name. And people have. It's not like Adam is a terrible name and people, it's hard to forget and stuff, or it's easy to forget and stuff, but because it's not, it it isn't just like, you know, Kevin or whatever, any of those uh, first names. But I've had people, you know, call me Andrew or Andy or, or um, Anthony or something like that, you know? And I, you just, you, you let it go. You just let it go. If people, mispronounce your name and if they keep doing it then you have to say something but if it's just once in a while who gives a fuck it's funny you know and and also i don't get me wrong i don't it's different when it comes to a relationship and friends you don't want them to just for the rest of your life call you by a different name i'm not saying that i am saying however that there are some shit that is just easier let go than to just get so offended and uptight like my name is Adam. I got better shit to worry about. You know what I'm saying? I got taxes and shit. What the fuck you mean I get offended by somebody calling me Andrew or some shit? Who cares? I know it's easier said than done, right? It's not like I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I'm, I'm not trying to... Uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to... Um, uh, ruffle anybody's feathers here when it comes to remembering names and stuff. It is important to remember names, but I know people who remember names and birthdays and shit like that. That's crazy. That's awesome. Good for you. I can't do that. I can't, I need shit to remind me. I need contact information. I need all sorts of shit. You know, I'm a busy guy. What can you say? (sighs) Playing video games and watching movies, watching TV and stuff like that. Well, well, what can can you do? What can you do? And uh, also in this episode, we talk a little bit about investors um, and how, uh, you know, people, not not all investors and not everybody, even producers and some executives and stuff like that, they always want a, they always want to put in their two cents. It's always the thing. I, I, I know from a lot of people, I don't have this experience yet, um, and I'm not looking forward to it. However, I am looking forward to it in a way that, um, uh, in a way that is like a learning experience. You know, I know I'm not going to be the best at trying to um, win over some of these investors and stuff like that, but 
regardless, practice is practice. Practice is practice. But I digress, right? Uh, investors, um, you know, are essential when it comes to filmmaking is because you got to have the capital to back up uh, what you're making. So you have to create a budget and um, ask money to do it and stuff like that. So typically with people like Christine, um, you're kind of at the mercy of, of, of them because uh, she, she, there's been some, you know, some back and forth, some debates, if you will, when it came to uh, talking with investors, because, you know, there are a lot of people, a lot of executives who feel like, uh, you know, they want to put in their two cents. They want to put in their creative decisions in what the, uh, what the project should be. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a delicate process. You at one at there's, there's at some point you want to tell them, go fuck yourself. But then there's some point where you do want to meet them halfway. Right. Because art is all about, you know, facing compromise and stuff like that, especially in a medium like film, at least for me. I know that's, 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 very, that's very looked down upon for a lot of people, but compromise, you, gotta, you know, that's just kind of how the world works. You can't, not everything can be about you. Oops. Oops. Anyways. So... Investors ideally want to put in their two cents into uh, into some of these projects, and Christine and I talked about uh, you know the 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 fundamentals of you know working, compromising, and working with the people who are supporting your you know your film, basically a business, you know. And it's funny because a lot of these films are a business. A lot of times these film sets are a business. Granted, you're not, you know, making money and shit like that. You're not, you know, generating a, a, a customer service, but you are servicing the industry of film, thus making a film, which then goes to audiences. So at the end of the day, you're still catering to an audience, to customers. However, that's neither here nor there. I, I think that with a good team and the right amount of people, you can operate a good business. And you can operate a good set with good people and a good team. You know, that's just, uh, that's just without a doubt, um, you know, something to keep in the back of your head. I think, you know, I know it's... Uh, I know it's hard to, to, you know, because I get it on that side too, right? Because on the other side, there's, there's, there's that feeling of, well, I created this story. This is how I see it. This is the way I want it to be, you know? And um, it's hard. It's really hard sometimes. You know, it's, it's extremely difficult because, you know, some of these people who are throwing their own money at this want a return in investment, you know, and also you got a piece of art that you want to follow through with and you're excited about it, at least for, you know, for uh, filmmakers who do want to do this, you know, um, 
but yeah, it's, it's hard. A lot of, a lot of times, you know, or I, I, I should say oftentimes there's, there's always going to be that situation where, um, where I don't know where, where, uh, how do I say this? It's just because my, my, my mind is racing to so many, so many different conclusions, but I guess, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say are investors. Hmm. Because I also don't want to incriminate myself either. I don't want to, I don't want to make it seem like I'm the asshole. But I do believe that in the in the in the the art of compromise is truly without a doubt a skill to practice. And it is a tough skill. And I I fully don't know it. I don't know it in fact one bit. However, I have worked with directors before and I have worked on sets as a set dresser, as a PA, and even as an RPA, and I've had uh, multiple occasions where, um, you know, I have an idea or um, I'm not quite sure what the director truly, truly wants, and I have to have that awkward conversation of, yeah, so what do you, what do you need? <laughs> and it's tough. It's tough, but I, I guess, I guess my, I guess, my whole thing is is that you you have to be able to understand and meet everyone halfway especially when it comes to communication especially when it comes to compromise you have to understand that the business is the business and whether or not the director is an asshole or the best person on the planet is the business run good enough and is it, it, it is your business going to make the product that you want in the end because at the end it truly is, it falls to the director no questions asked but it also falls to the director to hire the right people you know you can you can hire easily the wrong people who don't know what they're doing and what 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 to do you know making a movie is really hard and it takes a lot of moving pieces and it takes an extreme level of, um, of uh, work and practice and uh, prep and execution, everything. It requires a lot from people. And it's never going to be easy, like ever. So that being said... Uh, a little bit about you know investors and compromise, and we talked a little bit about um, uh, uh, over communication. Period. It was a great episode. It was very fun. And uh, oh, and there's this one comment that uh, a fellow filmmaker has made on our Instagram live, um, and I think you can still see the comment even after it's recorded. Maybe not. Um, but anyways. Uh, in the, in the uh, discussion of over-communication, uh, there was this one person who commented basically saying that uh, if, if there was over-communication on the set of The Crow, Brandon Lee would, would be alive today. 
And that's such a, an amazing and fantastic point because it's true. And for those of you who don't know, Brandon Lee is a son of Bruce Lee who had an untimely death on the set of The Crow due to a gun that had a single, I think it was a single bullet loaded into the gun. And, um, and the impact of that shot through uh, Brandon Lee's chest, thus punctured right through the heart and essentially killed him. And... Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who don't know, on a film set, you have anywhere from 50 to 100 people, you know, working on a film set. Nowadays, on with COVID and all that, it's very different. Extremely different, in fact. But nevertheless... Um, Overcommunication probably would have would have saved uh, Brandon Lee's life. Now, I, there there could be a, a, a number of things that that could have saved his life. However, one being that if somebody checked the gun, and the people are aware of the prop gun, and you know, keep it keep it to a close eye, and checked by multiple people. You know, just just in terms of safety and comfort for for those around you, because um, every gun that gets on a film set, uh, real or fake or whatever, you have to, as the art department, at least this is what I've been taught, uh, you always want to run a safety meeting, or at least whoever has the gun safety position has to run a safety meeting. Because it's very essential, especially in a film set, because of a situation like Brandon Lee's death, where you sort of have to um, sit down with everybody and in 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 you know draw awareness that this is there is a gun, and uh, you know there are fake bullets and everything like that, and people can check inside, make sure it is, and you know we're not just fucking with you. Um, or, you know, sometimes there's those fake guns where like the revolver has like pins in it or something like that, or, like a piece of metal. So the hammer won't ignite it or whatever. Um, so you can't, it's useless. You can't do anything with it. Um, except it looks cool and it looks like a real gun. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, it's a very delicate process. And with that process comes communication. feel like I'm hitting the nail over the head with, with this whole communication thing, but it's truly one that confuses me the most, uh, when it comes to just when in general, when it comes to people in their, uh, qualms, when it comes to, you know, people repeating themselves and stuff like that, I understand, you know, especially outside of a work environment to just, you know, bother somebody that's ridiculous. But if you're getting paid to do a job you're supposed to do, all I know is over communication. You have to be over communicating. And I, you know, regardless if you respect those people or not who do or do not over communicate, actually, I'm sorry, no, if they do over communicate and you do disrespect those people, um, you know, I, there's, I mean, look, you're, you're, you're a, your own person, but it's, it's one of those things where, um, you ought to be careful who you are 
talking to. Because at the end of the day, you you have the power to have responsibility. Plain and simple. Every human being on this planet has the power of responsibility. And with responsibility comes, um, you know, uh, accountability, essentially. You know, not to, not to make a rhyming scheme here, but you, you have to follow through and you have to fulfill your responsibilities. You can't just, you know, let it, let it go off to the side because so-and-so didn't tell you anything or whatever. You would have known if you already had the communication. De Niro. <laughs> For the listeners, I uh, made a De Niro face. But, uh, yeah, I think that's about it in uh, the Get Realisms podcast. Uh, tune in next week, you guys. We're going to have another episode. I'm going to be clearing my hard drive right after this recording. <laughs> and uh, I will make sure we're going to have a brand spanking new episode for you next week. And uh, whether or not we are still doing the shelter-in-place season, I'll... I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know why I brought it up in the first place, but it just, it just feels like it just feels like a, it goes without saying. Um, because here at the, uh, at the get Realism's podcast, we only fly by the seat of our pants. That's all we do. Sometimes I just get a, you know, a random text message from, from Christine basically saying, Hey, you want to do the podcast now? And I have no, no choice, but to be like, yeah, I guess so. I didn't want to do it now. I had a whole schedule and a link, and I made sure we're, we, we prepped everything. Yeah, but I'm not going to be available, so we have to do the podcast literally right now. That's filmmaking, baby. That is filmmaking. So, you guys, tune in next week. Uh, we're going to have another episode of the Get Real Muslim podcast. We appreciate you. And if you want to catch us on the next live show, please, 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 please go on Facebook.com and give us a follow. Give us a like on our page. Give us a like on our videos and turn on notifications so you make sure that we are live every week because... We, we always say, fuck it, we're doing it live, Bill O'Reilly style, and uh, we're going to provide you the goods. And we are the goods. Okay? So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for participating in Get Realism's podcast, and thank you to the fans who've been uh, listening every week. Uh, we appreciate you. Thank you. I love you. Uh, I know you're out there. Um, so, you know, Christine and I appreciate you. Uh, get on GetRealisms.com. Buy yourself a book today. $35 on that website, ladies and gentlemen. Pick it up. Learn some amazing film knowledge, you know? You learn to stand in. You learn what a steady, steady cam is. Sticks, sides, silk, slate, speeding. Come on, last man. 
then I bet you're thinking, well, isn't this guy going to explain it? No. There's digital edition, $15. Getrealism.com. Go get it. Today!